Hello, everybody. It's Catherine from Chakras and Cuss Words Podcast, and I am here to give you guys another podcast based on the astrology series. And if you are just tuning into the astrology series, I highly recommend you check out the first two podcasts of What is Astrology and Astrology the history of astrology and kind of get a little in-depth understanding of how astrology kind of all came about. But one of the things that we're going to talk about is we are going to turn our attention to the planets. And of course, I am going to go with one of the first biggest and baddest planet out there, which actually isn't even a planet. It's a star and I am talking about the sun. So for those who don't know, the sun is massive. It's huge. The energy around the star is intense. It is literally the sun is about 99.86 of mass in the solar system. So it is literally taking up all the energy, taking up all the space. Like the sun is living in the solar system's mind, like rent free. Like every time you think of a planet, um, especially related to astrology, one of the most important parts is what is the sun doing? How is the sun aligned with that planet? How is the sun um, having aspects that is related to that planet? It's also the most important part, as many would say, of the birth chart. And the sun, what is so interesting, is over one million Earths. Okay, one million Earths. So, <laughs> us as earthlings and like, you know, we see our planet as huge, right? But literally 1 million earths can fit inside the sun. What? (laughs) Like, I can't even like that just, I like can't even comprehend that. So 1 million of us earth, earths can fit inside the sun. Um, it is believed that one day the sun will consume the earth. And that's what a lot of people kind of believe. And especially when we think about, um, you know, global warming and all the things that are going around the areas of um, warming and heating and we feel it, right? We feel the warmth, we feel the heat. And some philosophers, some ancestors believe that this period of time just starts over, right? We all start over every like, I don't know, 5,000 years or every, you know, 500,000 years. I mean, who knows? The sun is believed to be about a over 200 million years old. Like the sun is like super old. <laughs> like the sun may have started all of this shit. And when we think about the sun, the sun is known as the creator. It's known as that energy of bringing light, abundance, and also bringing that area of growth to the earth. So when we look at the sun, the sun provides us light, it provides us energy, and it provides us that power that we need to really kind of transition our days, right? There's a lot of things that wouldn't get done if we didn't have sunlight. There's a lot of things that wouldn't happen like growth, like plants, um, animals, us creatures, if we didn't have the sun. Could you imagine what we would be like if we didn't have the sun's energy? And as many of us know, the sun is a natural um, vitamin So getting out and sunbathing actually is very beneficial. Um, It does carry that energy of vitamin D, which a lot of people say is more powerful than getting out, enjoying the sun, enjoying the atmosphere, than versus taking vitamin D over the counter. So that is important to acknowledge that as living creatures, we need the sun's energy. We need the sun to be aligned with us. We need this energy of this beautiful star to keep us going. 
So many people have been trying to study the sun, but in all honesty, like there's no way we could get close enough to the sun. The sun is hot, baby. It is hella hot, right? <laughs> we can't touch the sun. We can't get too close to the sun. We can't even really look at the sun. Um, and since the sun is so dominant and it is so big, it is basically just something we can study from afar, right? There's no way we're, they're going to do a sun landing, right? If they even did a moon landing. I was just reading that um, I believe India is preparing for a moon landing. So we will see, right? They actually, we'll talk about that um, in a different podcast. But so there's times that we have to acknowledge how the sun is so powerful here on earth. But what we want to also acknowledge is how the sun is so powerful in astrology. And in astrology, the sun is known as the creator being. It is known as that area of power. And it's known as that energy that shapes many of us. And there are so many people who devote so much energy and so much um, love and loyalty in different cultures to the sun. There's festivals surrounded around the sun. There's um, parties, there's events, there's holidays, summer solstice. There's a lot of energy that is transitioned from centuries and, and decades of how beautiful and how powerful this sun energy is. So many believe that the sun is almost like halfway through its life at 4.5 billion years old. Okay, so it's not 22 billion years old. I was just exaggerating. Um, it's actually 4.5 billion years old. And the sun has burned off around half of the energy of hydrogen that it stores and has enough to continue burning hydrogen for another 5 billion years. And the sun is known as a yellow dwarf star, right? And as far as we know, there's only one sun. Um, you know, we don't know what's going on in other solar systems, but we know in our system, there's only one sun, but what, will there be other suns? We don't, we don't, we don't know this yet. Right. And the distance between the sun and the earth, um, tends to change, right? Because we're both moving. So because the earth travels on an elliptical orbit path around the sun. So it's not necessarily that the sun is traveling around us because let's face it, the sun's too big to move probably. <laughs> <laughs> the distance is from the earth traveling around the sun and the distance between the two ranges from 147 to 152 million kilometers. This distance between them is like in is like one astronomical unit. So it's like huge, even though the sun looks like it's close to us when we look up in the sky. It's actually really, really far away. And just to think about how much heat um, it has um, is very powerful, right? The sun does rotate um, and it actually rotates in the same direction as the earth. So it continues to do um, like it is viewed from the north and the sun actually does rotate in a counterclockwise direction from the west to the east, just like most of the planets. But the two planets that don't rotate in this um, clockwise uh, direction is actually Venus and Uranus. So those two don't move in the same rhythm as the sun. They actually move in opposites. So... That's kind of like the geometry, um, geometry, oh, okay, astronomy <laughs> and the um, metrics behind the sun, but let's get into the mystical area of the sun, the beautiful energy of how the sun is the energy of the light life 
And it really brings that radiant energy of heat to a person in their chart. So the, the way that the horoscopes work is when you are born, you are born under your sun sign, which is the 28 days, usually 30 days to 28 days of when that sun was in this um, zodiac of the zodiac calendar. So for instance, if you were born um, as a Leo, that means that you are a sun in Leo, right? That is the most dominant, as one might say, dominant area of self in your chart. It's also known as the creative power of the person. And it's known of that energy of the area of growth and learning and routines, really like how you learn, how you grow, and that beautiful presence about yourself. Um, Many centers and many traditions of growth and the power reminds me, so the sun energy Obviously, it has to be an element of um, fire. And we know that the sun is the ruler of Leo, who is a fire sign. But also, when we look at it in the area of the chakras, in the area of energy source, the sun really has that dominant area of space that is surrounding the solar plex chakra, solar plex, solar system, (laughs) the sun is yellow, the solar plex is yellow, the sun is dominant high energy force, the solar plex can be very dominant and high energy source, right? So these two kind of mirror each other, they kind of look at each other with a lot of resemblance, right? That inner source of the sun, right? Of course, there are some areas that different from the solar plex that the sun resembles as its own element. The solar plex is also the element of fire, where the sun is the element of fire as well. So when you are thinking about your sun sign, I also want you to kind of think of that energy of the solar plex as well, that energy of the solar plex chakra. The sun is known for um, being the transition of seasons as well. And when we look at the area of seasons and how seasons play such a vital part in our lives and such a important part of our lives, we have to think of the seasons as a energy that we move with, right? We can't fight the seasons, We can't fight the energy of the earth. We can't fight the energy of the sun. So at certain times, the sun will not be rotating in the energy where it's as viable, right? Um, We have, you know, the summer solstice entering right around cancer season where we're entering the entryway of the sun. The sun is here for longer days more time for growth, more time for daily rituals, more time for daily routines, more time for daily habits, for getting out our core message, for getting out our self-expression, for getting out that time that is really known to us. And also what's important about the sun is that It has that energy of not only the time that the Zodiac was born, but it also has that individual energy of what area were you born in that was the rising factor, right? So many of us know that if you were born maybe during a, um, the daytime, you, you know, you would be considered to have more maybe solar energy because your rising sign would been born during the higher hemisphere of your chart, right? As one might say, you'd be like rising with the sun, but that is for a different podcast. And we'll get into that later, but also what it's really acknowledging is 
Your sun sign is the energy of brightness. Your sun sign is the energy of power. How do you brighten up the room as you walk in? How do you brighten up the situation? How do you bring that energy fully into different placements? Is it through working with others? Are you able to communicate your energy? Are you able to communicate your passions? Are you able to create projects? Are you successful in your energy of where it is that you want to be? So you have that ability to brighten the room like the sun brightens up the summer days and brightens up the spring. You know, when we hit hit the fall season, we see that the sun isn't as maybe vital. It's not as vibrant. It's not as... Um, in depth as it was in the summer. And then we slowly transition to winter and we see that the sun is maybe not there as it used to be. The nights are colder, the the days are shorter, and we have entered winter solstice and the energy has beginning to kind of take away, right? And we see that. We see that a lot with people. And when we get into the fall season, a lot of times that's that energy of Halloween and Halloween comes from that space of preparing for the cold, cold winter nights, um, preparing for the energy of a lot of death, which is a little woohoo, you know, scary, right? Because people were sick, people were um, colder and living off the land, right? So the sum is summer and the spring is kind of that area of where you start the growth. And definitely in the summer, you begin to, you know, harvest that growth, take it in, and then you utilize it through storage, storage of the energy, right? Storage of your energy of survival and also your energy of mentality. So that is kind of what the sun is asking you. How are you living within your energy? How are you living within this dynamic fierce of survivor? Because you are a creator. You are here for the the long obstacles, right? And how are you going to use this energy through transitions of the seasons? Also, the sun represents that energy back to the similar solar plex where we go back to the ego, the ego center, that area of joy and creativity and love. I mean, nothing fills somebody's boat or fills somebody's mind or fills somebody's ego quite like accomplishments, right? Quite like that creative streak of joy, doing something they like, bringing pleasure. And we have that ego representation. Again, like with the solar plex, we have to acknowledge when is the ego taking over. And it's, you know, sometimes okay to have a little bit of that confidence, a little, a little bit of that bravery. You know, we are able to create with our power center. We are able to create with our strength center. And when is that ego then switching from being extremely dominant to maybe having to realize maybe it's time to take the ego down, right? Take that sun energy down. Because remember, too much sun energy will get us burned, just like too much ego might burn us, might burn out some of our relationships, might burn us out as an individual. So looking at that ego factor and getting more in tuned in the alignment, the alignment factor. Another little fun astrology fact fact, <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure the scientists are very mad, you know, there's no facts in astrology. One of, <laughs> one of the astrology facts is the sun is the representation of the number one. So, um, when we think of the number one, what are we thinking of? We're thinking of identity, the individual self, that representation of, who I am, my power, my strength, it's a solo number, right? It's an odd number. It's the one number. Nothing comes with the number one. It's just by itself. That individuality, that energy of you by yourself without anybody else. 
Where does that energy lead? Where does that energy stay? How does that energy work? The day of the week that represents the sun, now you're never going to guess this, is Sunday, right? (laughs) It makes sense. Sunday, we don't work on Sunday. Many of us see Sunday as the, the holy day, right? Giving back to the soul, giving back to the solar energy of Sunday. Also, Sunday represents that energy of maybe being one with the spirit, maybe being one with the solo energy. Um, you know, some people see it as the creator energy when we get into God. You know, a lot of church activities happen on Sunday. A lot of areas of worship happen on Sundays. Um, And of course, the sun has a representation of areas of colors of gold and yellow and that vibrant energy of definitely like a bright, right? Like a bright, beautiful sunrise or a bright, beautiful sunset. Oh my gosh. Like I could just sit outside and watch the sunrise if I'm able to get up early enough, watch the sunrise and just be like mesmerized by how fucking gorgeous it is, like how beautiful it is. I mean, the ability that the sun has and the beautiful magic that it creates in the sky is just, it's like breathtaking, a beautiful sunset watching the sunset, right? Getting out there and just watching the sunset with loved ones or even by yourself. Wow. Sitting out there, enjoying that time by yourself, just taking it all in, the magnificence of the world, the magnificence of the sun energy, of your energy, and feeling it, devouring it, devouring that worship, right? to the sun, to the sun's energy. Also, the part that the sun resembles or the sun holds sacred is the heart. So that, you know, you would think if it was fully aligned with the chakras, it would be the energy of the solar plex, right? That area of the intestines and the stomach, but it's a little bit different. It's the heart. And one of the reasons how that transitions with astrology is we have to look at the energy house of that sun energy is Leo and Leo is ruled by the sun. And also what's interesting about the Leo is when we think about the Leo, The Leo is also in the energy of the fifth house where that's that energy of, guess what? Self-expression, who am I? Creativity, having fun, excitement. Yeah, that high energy art, the beautiful art. The energy of art, like can we talk about the energy of art? And when we think about art, like what is art? Art is different to so many people. It's the energy of your artistic approach. That could be anything. And I think a lot of people, when they think of art, they automatically think of like drawing or painting or something like that. But a lot of things are an art, you know? How you work in your profession is an art, You might have an artistic approach to it. You might have that energy. How you run your business is an art. You know, you are an artist. You are an artist in things you do. Building up like a, always like, you know, an old car, like a hot rod. That is an art. You know, you're getting an old, like beat down car and somebody builds it back up. That is an art. Um, reading tarot is an art, you know, telling stories, storytelling is an art. Um, maybe even building, right? And when we think of the energy of the Leo, we have to remember that energy of startups, 
setting something new, starting it up, saying, yes, I'm going to do it. And it also has that energy of the children and creation, right? Of the creation of something new, a growth. When we look at the fifth house and also entertainment. And when I think of the Leo, I always think of confidence. Like I know not every Leo always feels 100% confident, but they have that little nature about them where you see them and you're like, oh yeah, they got some confidence in there. They definitely do, right? Even if it's not showing to you fully, but you know it's, you know it's there. So one of the medals, <laughs> you know, if um, we're going to look at the representation of the sun would be gold. The medal of gold. Gold, you know, who has gold? Emperors. People who are successful, the energy of the Egyptians covered in gold, the energy of that energy covered in possibility of beauty, that energy of um, royalty. I mean, the sun and the energy of gold and yellow is a very royal color, along with purple. I, when, I think, when I see purple, I also think purple is a very royal color as well. But the sun energy... That's a very, you know, royal color. That's a very confident color. Getting outside wearing a yellow sundress. Honey, honey, don't play with me. (laughs) Get out here in my yellow sundress, girl. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the energy alone in the color of yellow is like, I showed up. I'm here. It's springtime. It's summertime. Bam. Don't play with me. It just speaks that lion essence, that lion, that determination, that motivation, that energy to continue and grow. Oh man, the sun energy is intense, honey. And it's intense for the reasons because it is the fucking sun, the biggest and baddest star out there. Also, when we look at the sun, we have to remember there's crystals aligned with this energy. Of course, Go for your yellow jasper or go for energy stones that are related to the sun. But also we want to look at stones and crystals of amber and topaz. And when we are thinking plants, yes, we can think of all the plants that transition that, you know, have that yellow vibration of the sun. But also one that really sticks out is the sunflower. The sunflower is for the sun. Sunflower. So when you are creating intentions around sun energy, around summer solstice, honey, get you some big sunflowers. Put some sunflowers in your yard, right? I mean, sunflowers, they grow wild. Oh my gosh. When you see them on the highway and you're driving and you see a bunch of sunflowers, they're just like so beautiful. They're wild, untamed, beautiful flowers definitely some sunflowers. The sun, like I said, one more time, who is it representing you, yourself, that energy? It is the journey of the path. Ooh, we're getting deep now. That energy of the path of you, the energy of your journey of the path of the higher ego, the enlightenment, the energy of the light, and the energy of the ego Those two working or not working together, those two energies being tamed or being dominant, that energy of you, of the higher self. So we know it's in the energy of the ruler of Leo, but is also exhalated in the energy of Aries, which is about moving past getting away, stopping in that area. So two fire signs, right? So this sun energy is all fire, all fire, babe, all fire. The most important part when we are thinking about the birth chart and how it's affecting us, 
like I said, where's the sun at? What is the sun doing? And, you know, and you see, it's very interesting. Like people have a lot of trials and tribulations, sometimes even obstacles, maybe, or high intense moments right around their birthday. I wonder why. I wonder why. Hmm. You can only wonder, right? Um, maybe because that energy that's already intense is being intensified even more because the sun is kind of like boom, boom, boom with a lot of planets, especially planets in their surrounding areas. There's more aspects hitting them. There's more oppositions hitting them. There's more whatever hitting them, sextiles, squares, areas of energy hitting them in their chart. So one of the things that's interesting about the sun in the birth chart is some believe if the sun energy is not fully aligned or is unaligned or is kind of misplaced in position of a chart, there may be issues with masculine energy. We have to remember the sun is the opposition of the moon. The sun is a masculine energy. It's that energy of the father, of the creator. Now you would think, oh, but I'm the, I'm the creator, honey. I'm the woman. I'm the one giving that birth. But the sun energy resembles the masculine energy of creation, of life. Remember, life, male, female, masculine, feminine. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. So the masculine energy has to be there. And the masculine energy, when it's there, and maybe it's too dominant, or maybe it's too suppressed. There might be some misalignments with issues with the masculine energy, especially with areas of growth. Um, that could be with the child growing up into adulthood. Maybe dad wasn't around. Maybe dad was a little abusive. Maybe dad was just a fucking asshole. You know, we got to see where it's at in the chart. We got to see how it's playing out in the chart. But misalignments of the sun energy, we're going to see misalignments of the masculine. Um, it's also believed that with these energies of misalignments, especially in the masculine, then you either have to look at, is it too much sun energy or is it too less? You know, both of them we can work through. Oh, 100. Don't give up, even with the obstacles. And that's that sun energy speaking to you. Don't give up. Mm-mm. Don't give up with those obstacles. Even if there is some um, obstacles with the masculine, that doesn't mean that you got to give up. It just means we're just going to take away if the masculine energy is too intense. We're going to take that energy away and we're going to maybe feed it to an energy. We're maybe going to work with an energy that feels more a little bit softer. That feels a little bit more feminine. That feels a little bit more compassionate and nurturing instead of being so full blast, right? Instead of being so full blast in this sun energy. The sun represents that hero archetype. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it, right? The sun is the hero. I'm the creator, babe. I'm the one showing up, saving the day. I'm Superman with the big old S on my chest. It stands for sun, honey. <laughs> You know, the sun energy is the dominant creator, masculine energy. So of course it's going to be the hero. Of course it's going to be the protector, the nurturer, not so much, but the protector. The energy of, hey, 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 oh no, I'm protecting this space. I'm protecting this energy. I'm moving past this or that because I'm protecting the energy of self or even the energy of others, right? Think of that dominant energy that comes out when you're protecting not only you, but maybe others. 
Ooh, that mama bear energy, honey. Yeah, it may be nurturing. It may be caring. But you mess with her cubs, baby. That's some sun energy coming out. That's what I'm saying. You get too close, you're going to get burned, babe. You're going to get burned. So definitely it is the hero archetype. It's also that area where we learn to overcome the obstacles. And let me tell you, (laughs) from someone who feels like at times I definitely have a lot of obstacles, the joy of overcoming them is amazing. The joy of knowing I keep going is amazing. Because I'll I'll tell you the truth. There are days I don't feel that sun energy. And I want to sit in my bed, eat some hagen dogs, and maybe drink a bottle of wine and cry. Cry my sorrows away and do the why me thing. Why me? Why me? Why me? Why not? Right? How come? Who cares? Move past it. Let's go. I mean, it's all a destiny path, right? It's all a journey. We got to live it, love it, enjoy it. And keep on going. So the obstacles in what holds us with the natal chart is indicated usually with the planets. The planets that are actually closest to the sun. So whichever planets are especially closest to the sun may be the areas of obstacles and may also be the areas of certain stress. So that might be where you see maybe somebody who has, let's say, Mercury closest to their sun is having either very good strengths with communication, very good areas of energy around thoughts, being a creative person, you know, intellectual They have that energy, but maybe there's also some stressors involved in there with family, with siblings. I hate my, you know, I hate my siblings. You know, who knows what is going on with that person, but that energy of mercury and that energy of obstacles may have some very positives, but they may also have some, what one might say, negatives, some stressors some obstacles, some stepping stones, some areas where they have to get out or maybe rearrange or compromise. But it might be an area that you look at, maybe with Saturn. We have somebody who, you know, has Saturn close to their sun. They can't stand having boundaries. They can't stand having restrictions. Or maybe they're overly restricted. Hmm. They're overly dominant in telling what others to do. They're overly, and then, and then they got to look at, let me just, let me just take this down a notch. <laughs> let me remind myself I love everybody. Well, maybe not everybody, but let me remind myself to maybe not be so bossy, you know, take it down a notch. So, Definitely, where is the sun aligned in the chart is huge. But if you are having a lot of sun transitions and aspects in your chart, it is noted that you will be successful. You will be powerful. You will be dominant. You will be a creator. You will be a creative. You will be somebody who is feeling aligned in their path their journey, their life path. Because again, the sun represents that identity of, of self, of love, of who you are, what you are, why you're here, how you are going to continue to get into this energy of being a little bit more beautiful, being a little bit more confident, being a more structured in your own God and goddess energy every single day, right? Learning that area of the daily every single day. And while astrology has this fun connection with the sun, it's not just astrology. Like the sun is very dominant in many cultures from uh, 
Japan, they had major sun um, deities, gods or goddesses. Um, they also, the sun is definitely known in Greek and Roman um, mythology and ancestry as we have Apollo from Greece and Rome, the sun god. Uh, you know, it goes on from the Aztecs, the Hutapachuli, I cannot pronounce that name, the sun god, believed to be worshipped by many and also believed to have sun rituals. When we start to get into the Aztecs, um, there's a lot of um, energies of sun rituals where they're a big thing. And um, human sacrifices, you know, getting into that. Um, getting into the energy of Iran and Persian. They had Mithras, sun god. And then Ra of Egypt, which was known as the midday, kind of like the mid-afternoon sun god. And an Egyptian god that was known to like kind of be shown with like a solar disc. So it's believed that it was like this kind of like energy of the sun and the center of this space was really associated with different times of the day and how the sun, the Ra is known as the solar creator really played tribute to a lot of the traditions in Egypt. Also, um, Sol Invictus, Roman sun god, which was known the unconquered sun, known as the late Roman sun god. Um, so there's many. Surya, Hindu sun god, rides in the sky, rides in the sky with a horse-drawn chariot. So a lot of energy around the sun in different cultures, ancient cultures. Tan Athu, Tan Atu, Aztec, sun god. And the Mayans too, as well, had many, many sun worships and sun god. So for the Husili Pachli, um, known as the Aztec sun god, was a god of war. And it was also known to be the patron of the city of Tenchutilian. <laughs> god, I'm so bad at pronunciation. Okay, let me try one more time. Tenochtitlan <laughs> was the national god of the Mexico's of Tenochtitlan, which was considered the energy of the Aztecs. He was known to be in a lot of power. Like he, um, they are believed is the one who commanded a lot of the human sacrifices. And today he's actually seen as a God that is no longer worshiped. So like an old dead God. Um, but it is still believed that he should not be worshipped. Um, that is what it be is believed in a lot of the cultures, especially, you know, with the human sacrifices. That's not good. But the energy of his name resembles the hummingbird of the south and also hummingbird to the left, as we have um, the area being driven around where his name came from. I do believe that it is good to know of a lot of the ancestral um, histories and myths from different tribes and how they all pertained. I mean, obviously, human sacrifice should not be done, but, <laughs> but um, they believed that they had to have these sacrifices for the sun to rise again. And that's like taking the maximus of power, right? To take somebody's life is just, ugh. Um, and it was believed that this was a legendary, like, 
wizard and god of the Aztecs. So acknowledging that the sun was very dominant in a lot of rituals and a lot of beliefs lets us know that this energy, especially when it consists of reasons why like the Great Pyramids were built, because we have to remember that a lot of this happened in these temples of pyramids. The Great Temple of Tenchulan was actually dedicated to the South Hummingbird and that energy because it was considered the equal power of this, I guess you could say of the sun's energy and also the dominant energy of that space, of that center. Um, in the 16th century, Dominican um, friar Diego Duran wrote, these two gods were always meant to be together. Um, that is the summing South Hummingbird and Tayalk um, together since they were considered companions of the equal power. And when we look at the equal power, we are looking at the sun and the moon because the other God that he is um, talking about is the deity of fertility. And Tayak is the, the Aztec mythology of rain, uh, fertility, water. Um, and it's interesting because this is considered almost like a male God. Um, and some people speculated that he was associated with caves, springs, and mountains, but also known to demand child sacrifices, which is not so good. <laughs> um, oh man, history, right? The history. But in all honesty, who knows how true this is because um, it probably is true. <laughs> Um, I mean, we know the Aztecs definitely were the warriors of that energy of um, of the power related to the sun. So it is also believed that um, these two were considered to always have this equal power. So the great temples are consisted of a pyramid platform just like um, the pyramids of Egypt. And, you know, I just think it's very odd that all these pyramids that were on very, very, very different parts of the world, very far away from each other, all manifested basically the same. And they all have areas of location where they're aligned. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they had social media back then. <laughs> I know they definitely did not have TV. So how the fuck do they know what's going on the other? Okay, let me get off. Let me get off. So definitely um, there are many legends about this sun god. The Aztecs originally came from a place called Aztalan and lived under the ruling powerful elites of the Aztec Chimatozaca of the South Hummingbird and were ordered to, to basically abandon them, you know, because they were doing all these horrific things. So, and of course, many people feared these gods, you know, these gods weren't seen as people that received energy of, um, praise or devotion and loyalty due to all of the obstacles or accomplishments they brought, but more through the fear, right? More through that excessive energy. And it kind of makes me think when we are thinking about that excessive solar plex energy, the, the sun gods of the energy of the ancient people like Apollo and ancient areas of mystics and mythology, um, it shows too much dominance of the sun energy is kind of a bad thing, 
you know. Uh, you stay out there too long, you're going to get burned. You're going to have an excessive solar plaques. Be very ego narcissistic, even, uh, you know, sacrificing people. So we will see. We will see. The Mayan people also worshipped a sun god named Kinshuahu, who was also thought to have the energy to cause and create disease and drought. Wow. So that's interesting, right? And the ancient Sumerian people of the Mesotempia worshipped a sun god named Utu, who was also dominant and equal in the area over justice. So a lot of different sun gods. Um, The Egyptian sun god is definitely one of the most influential people um, or influential gods um, that many of us still hear about. Uh, The Egyptian sun uh, god was Ra or Re, uh, depending on how you pronounce it. Ra was often worshipped by the ancient Egyptians um, and was seen as the most important god deity. And this was perhaps the case because of the desert energy, the desert environment of the Egypt, right? Of Egypt. And the sun brought about, you know, the drought, the warmth. And also it was the energy where they were able to tap into crops being grown, you know, along the the Nile River where it was able to have growth. So a lot of people would... um, worship this God for not only for the sun energy of the solar energy, but also for energy of growth, especially around the crops. So that is anything and everything I think you should know about the sun, but definitely, you know, find energies of how you can praise the sun, especially when it's around um, maybe your birthday. I was actually listening to a uh, a little TikTok where they were talking about birthdays, um, you know, and how that whole tradition came from and how repeating the number of getting older and older is a, a manifestation of um, creation of basically making you older because you're saying again, you know, your age and I don't know, it was kind of interesting, but then it kind of also made me say, huh, well, sometimes I feel like, hey, I'm this age, but I still feel amazing. And I'm very proud to be this age because I know this hard work. I mean, I plan on living till be a hundred and five, no, 108, 107. Who knows? With modern technology, maybe a girl with transmissions of the great vessels can live to 109. We'll see what modern technology and medical technology has out there for us. Okay, everybody. So um, thank you so much. And um, please comment, like, and subscribe to um chakras and cuss words podcast and also share this with a friend share it with somebody who's getting into astrology or the energy circles of the chakras and have an amazing day and if you would like to support this channel i always say head on over to chakras and cuss words um website which is chakrascusswords.com go ahead and purchase yourself a t-shirt um also you can put, purchase yourself a little journal so you can write all your um new intentions and manifestations out and i want to thank you guys so much for following and have an amazing day bye